Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson. And as always, I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, dendrologist Casey Clapp. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. I imagine you saying this while you st- you you're maybe in a bakery and you're sticking your head out the window with fresh baked bread. Ah, uh, getting people to like come over, like Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. I was I'm- gonna say just before I start singing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Hi, Case. Good day. Good day to you. Uh, this is a brand new day. We took a week off last week. That's and, right. And uh, we've made some changes. Oh my God, have we ever, Casey. We, yeah, we've actually, I, uh, funny enough, we bit off a little bit more than we could chew and had to like move some projects around. Um, but everything seems to be going nicely in some regard. Uh, but we have some, uh, we got some fun news that we wanted to share. Uh, also a little bit of a, I guess, what is it? It's more of a... Uh, a plea stick with us <laughs> yeah so um recently we have decided to move to a different platform to host our podcast that's right uh ultimately i think it'll be a very good decision yes uh we are in agreement with that however uh that does require some uh some back-end changes that are coming down the line so, as many of you might know, if you've listened to us for almost any moment at all, uh, we were on Anchor. Anchor.fm is our platform. Uh, those commercials will no longer uh, <laughs> will no longer be airing because we've moved to a platform called Spreaker with a with an R. Yes, long live Spreaker. Long live the Queen. So it's all it's all good. Um, however, what that uh, what that means is that. Um, ultimately, what we're trying to do is make a better product for you, and we're trying to uh, make things on our back end a little bit more, uh, I don't know, streamlined isn't the word, but the, the program, what they offer in terms of how we make our show and, and add in different ads and that kind of functionality, uh, know how many people are listening, know what all of you are kind of, uh, where you're listening from, and all this kind of stuff that the, the internet gathers in terms of demographic. Now, to be clear, no one is saying, you know, very specific information. It just says, yes, this is being listened to on this app in this country. Yeah. So it's, you know, um, mommy and daddy are, are, are taking some time away from anchor and we don't, it's not your fault. It's nothing that you did. We don't, we, we don't want you to take this wrong. But also Casey, as I told you, Daddy doesn't have any furniture in his new apartment because times <laughs> times are a little. Chance are too 
Ugh. Times are a little, a uh, little uh, <laughs> bare at the moment. Oh, you have! I'm sitting on your couch. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So wait, we're mo- we moved to Spreaker. Essentially, we we're, we're trying to move up in the game, as they say. Yes. Uh, and- this is the this is the right move. We have deeper, more robust, which is an industry term I've learned mm, recently. Yes. Analytics. Yeah. Um, we will finally be able to tell how many of you are listening to our show. <laughs> yeah, which is great. That'll be nice. And we'll you know we'll use it to oh look, this. This episode did really well. We should talk more about this this topic. Yeah, or, exactly. You um, know, and be able to respond more to what happens. That's okay. right. And part of this is that you will be hearing some new ads on yeah. our show. Uh, here's the thing: all political ads are disabled. Yep. All ads to do with any sort of like drugs, uh, sexual things. Yes. Uh, kind of stuff that you're like, oh, what? Yeah. All that stuff disabled. We have not yet dis- gone through a big list. Huge. I mean, hundreds of, of, of line items. Yeah. And decided what we do and do not want to play on our show. Yeah. So if you hear an ad for something distasteful, reach if you want to reach out and let us know but just know yeah. that like we'll probably take care of it in the next couple weeks yeah yeah the move is a this is a big process it is not as easy as it is not as straightforward as you might think yeah no matter how many times they tell you it's a very straightforward process <sighs> yeah their definition of straightforward is totally fucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but th- it's the best move for us. We're a lot happier now than we were previously. Mm-hmm. And but there's going to be a bit of a learning curve. Yeah. And so if if you hear something, first off, please just stick with us. We're we're working out some bugs and yeah. trying to uh, trying to dial in a couple different things. Um, but also, um, we are doing this change, so we don't know what it, what it, we're going to be hearing. And a lot of times, we know people have heard different ads through the kind of Spotify network of of markets and things like that so now this time we're we're really kind of stepping into uncharted territory yeah. so um a please be patient with us as uh, if something weird happens you're like wait what uh it's because we're, we're working out those bugs yeah but b if you hear something that's completely out of left field and you're like why is this playing as an ad um we, we don't know and we will try to figure it out but <laughs> if you hear something crazy like alex said drop us a line and and we'll we'll help sort it out as best we can yeah but please uh stick with us because this will be a great move going forward ideally you shouldn't even notice anything fingers crossed like that's that as we want to make this transition as smooth for you as possible <laughs> oh yeah butter them up a little was that like weirdly erotic uh, to say nah. <laughs> no, no, no. this is good casey speaking of erotic we have got a lot of new listeners to our show exactly. recently. Our new our, our most recent series on succession uh was a big success in terms <laughs> of our download numbers, it Casey. Was, it was a lot of fun. We were we love that so much. It was fantastic. If you are new to the pod from that or or recently, we say welcome. Welcome. And an initiation we say what we call our listeners this was from day literally day one of our podcast we call we call you all fungal associates and if you Mm -hmm. want to know why go back and listen to that first episode Mm -hmm. um so casey to in order to welcome our new listeners our lovely new fungal associates i've prepared uh, a few words to you our dear new fungal associate It is with great honor and gratitude that we welcome you to Completely Arbitrary. 
you may be asking yourself, what exactly is Completely Arbitrary? Put simply, it's a podcast about trees. But it's so much more. It's also a primary source of income for its two hosts, Casey Clapp and Alex Croson. But it's so much more. It's a free, weekly show dedicated to our arboreal friend, the humble tree, and the vast breadth of its influence on every aspect of human life. Aspects such as society, culture, religion, food, history, and the arts. But it's so much more. For each episode, our research and development team selects one species from an almost infinite list of trees. Then, our researchers spend weeks deep in the annals of natural science and deep in the forest. Our team forms intimate, almost unnatural relationships with our tree subjects. Have we crossed a line or two? <laughs> sure. But everything we've done, we've done in the name of quality tree podcasting. Then, petabytes of tree data are filtered through our state-of-the-art Computer Analysis Sequencing Ecology Y-Intercept, or CASI, to find a perfect topic for a perfect episode. After consulting with our world-class pun specialists and workshopping, outlining, and scripting with a team of Oscar-winning screenwriters, we record a meticulously performed episode of our show. After dozens of hours of fine editing and a final sound mix by the wizards at Skywalker Ranch, a fresh new episode of Completely Arbitrary is born. <laughs> it's that easy. You may now be asking yourself, why? And so, as the mycorrhizal fungi work in harmony to support the mighty sequoia, so too do our fungal associates support this mighty podcast. You are no longer you. You are now a single voice in a tremendous fungal chorus. Your individuality stripped away, leaving only your love of trees. We welcome you to Infinitry and Triand. <laughs> Alex, that was so much more than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking bald cypress today. We will do so right after the break. We'll be right back. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we are talking the bald cypress taxonium 
Disticum. Very close. Very close, Alex. Taxonian. Taxodium. Taxodium. Yeah. You know, in the UK, they, they call it Distachum. Ah. And then you... when you insult your friend, you call it a bald, you bald cypristim. Because oh. you Distachum. <laughs> Alex, that was. What a long walk. That was good. A long walk for a tall glass of water is what I call it. <laughs> for a tall glass of swamp water. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Gross, delicious, tea-colored swamp water. <laughs> well, Casey, speaking of swamp water. That's right. Let's imagine that you and I are walking through one, like one of those, um, you know, well, how about this? Yeah. Let's go imaginary on this one. Okay, okay. There is a, uh, there's the point and click adventure game called Mist. It's a, oh, it's a yeah. huge classic. There, I love that game. There's a level in there that takes place on, uh, on 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 wooden walkways within a swamp, I and there think are, I remember that there are all these big trees growing out of the out of the water. Those yeah. are like pine trees, weirdly. But let's imagine that those are bald cypress, and that you and I are in this little imaginary world. We're trapped forever in in the book. Yeah, huh? Let's ID this tree, Alex. We're doing this. We're walking down this boardwalk. I believe I remember this exact uh, part of this mm. game. So back into reality. I just am so happy that we're here, Alex. Whoop, there goes gravity. Whoops. There, I don't know any more lyrics about that. You're right. God, I didn't know you were such an Eminem fan. <laughs> Says he's drinking water, spits it up all over his computer. Well, my mother's spaghetti is on my sweater already. That's the only line of any Eminem song that <laughs> no, I know. I still, oh man, so many people are going to be so disappointed in our lack of Eminem's uh, prowess here. I'm sure our, our listeners will be fine <laughs> with that. They'll forgive us for this gaffe. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so we are in the world. We're in, uh, in fact, I'm going to say this term. I'm going to say sensu stricto, Alex. Wow. Sensu stricto. Is that what you said right before you slayed C- uh, Julius Caesar? <laughs> it is. To which he responded, E2, Casey. <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't speak Latin. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, sensu stricto means in a strict sense. Hmm. And I say this because uh, just just kind of real quick, we're going to gloss over this. There are three species of trees in Taxodium. Okay. Allegedly. Right. One is the bald cypress in a strict sense that we're talking about here. Sense of strictum. Exactly. Uh, stricto. Stricto. And that is the, uh, that's the bald cypress, Taxodium disticum, that we're talking about okay. here today. Now, this tree grows in the southeastern United States from the north swamps of North Carolina down to Florida, over to Texas, and then up the uh, kind of low areas in the Mississippi Valley, kind of all throughout that southeastern kind of wetland, lower, lower latitude kind of area. Boy, can I just interrupt real fast, Case? You sure can. As somebody who is just diagnosed with ADHD, and I can finally put a label on so many of the ways i think yeah i it is so fucking impossible for me to follow you when you're giving those sort of geographical location yeah i i just and this is a thing i guess i started following a bunch of meme pages and they were like Uh when somebody tries to give you verbal directions and it's just like you're nodding with your yeah okay okay knowing that they're completely meaningless to you That's so funny. I didn't know that. Yeah, I just don't even. I you start talking like that, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where he is. Oh man, 
See, maybe it's just me. I'm a visual person, so like I, whenever I, I say this, like I'm imagining uh, where I'm going. I'm not just saying a name down to another name. Sure, I guess. yeah. Like I'm, I'm that's... my brain is like washing over this area. So now that we kind of have an idea of where our tree is, mm -hmm. uh, that is the bald cypress. Now in this area, uh, the bald cypress is a tree that grows in the swamps. And generally they found, and some people say there are two different species, one called Taxodium ascendens. Mm. That species grows in kind of... Uh, swamps that have water that doesn't move very much. Okay, like a still water swamp. Yes, exactly. I don't know if that's an official term. Uh, I think that's fair. That's good, that's good enough. Makes you know? me think of a place where the water has just like been there for decades. Yeah, it's just like this smelly marsh that just kind of is sitting there. There's nothing yeah. kind of coming or going. Right. There are other swamps, um, blackwater swamps, like the Okefenokee National Wildlife Reserve mm. that have bald cypress growing, but... They're growing in a way that is uh, right next to or in water that's moving ever so slowly. Okay. So, like, if you're in a, a canoe or something, it's easy for you to go upstream. Like, it's not it's not too much of a challenge. The sure. water's the, the current is so smooth and so low. So, uh, that's the, the kind of really slow-moving black water swamps. And they're black because so many nutrients have dissolved that the water looks like tea. Like, a legitimate black tea. If you dip your hand underneath, which you wouldn't because there are literal <laughs> alligators there and snapping turtles and all sorts of fun stuff. Wow. You dip your hand in. If you go down to your wrist, you wouldn't be able to see your fingertips. That's wild. Isn't that crazy? That's really disgusting. Yeah. So the trees apparently are totally fine with this. They've come to terms with not being able to see their feet. <laughs> this is okay. Um, but there's this third species mm. that is called Taxodium mucronatum. Mucronatum. Yeah. And that wow. is the Montezuma cypress. <gasps> ah, Casey, I know a little bit about this Montezuma yeah? cypress. Uh, what do you know? In the context of... Arbol de Tule. Ah, si, si. Which is the, like, I guess, national tree of Mexico? Yeah, well, the tree, the species is the natural tree of Mexico, yeah, the national yeah. tree of Mexico, and, and in, a natural tree of Mexico. And I believe it's in Oaxaca. That's about as, as specific as I can get. <laughs> it's the biggest tree in the world in terms of diameter. Yes, it's, it's almost... It, Photoshop levels of wide. Yes, and you're like, this is, that's... No. It's got to be like per, a perspective trick of the camera or something. But yeah. no, it is it, it is fucking massive. I've been there. It is beyond you've, your your scale. You've seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. I have not touched it. So that's the Montezuma cypress. Correct. Okay. Now, this is uh this would be sensu lato, which means in a large sense all three of these alleged species are the same species. Now, this is something. Yeah. So we because alleged species uh, yeah it's a little bit like lumper and splitter yeah but funny enough the reason that they haven't been lumped according to my research at the conifers or at just conifers.org one of my favorite places to go mm -hmm. they literally are saying the reason that it's not just mashed all together is that one species is in uh mexico a spanish-speaking country the other is in United States of America, a an English speaking country. Yeah. And they just treat the trees completely different. They grow slightly different. They have phenological things. Like one has leaves that kind of tend to grow more upright and are a little bit more oppressed. One is deciduous and the other is not deciduous. Okay. 
So they're kind of like, well, are these real differences? And then when you look at the science, uh, like the taxonomic science of it, they're, they're the same tree. Okay. They, they just grow in different places, so they have different kind of responses to that. I would assume, like, also there's an element of uh, national pride. Exactly. As the national tree of of Mexico, Yeah. if the scientists came over and said, well, actually, <laughs> it's... It also grows up in the United States. That's an American species. It's an American species. We're going to call that the bald cypress. And because of the the taxonomic um, means of classifying and precedent, Mm -hmm. uh, because the bald cypress, Taxodium disticum, is the first original name, if they then decide all these species are the same, they would all get that same very first original Taxodium disticum. Sure. At which point, Mexico collectively would be like, yeah, nah. Yeah. This is the Montezuma. Cypress. Well, they would say, see, no. <laughs> yeah, they, exactly. Thank you. So in this case, um, for two reasons. One, respect. I I feel like, you know, <laughs> there's a pedanticness to me. And, and other times it's just like, you know what? Yeah, that is a different species. You got to give it up. You just got to give it up. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, I want to talk about that species more specifically one of these days. <laughs> yes. So for the purposes uh... of our podcast, where we choose a different species every episode, it's just better for us. We've split this. <laughs> yeah. I did. I do the same thing with uh, with cones. I think I, I talked about this with. Uh, um, Michael Kaufman and you, mm. where it was like, yeah, I'm more of a splitter because then it, I, I get two species of cones for my collection. Hell yeah. So uh, in this case, uh, we're going to talk about the bald cypress, Senso Sensu Stricto. This is the, the cypress, the bald cypress that grows in the Everglades of the southeastern United States. Correct. That is the Cypress we're talking about the today. The swamps of the southeast, that's right. Maybe in northern Mexico, about it. But everything else down further south in Mexico, different Montezuma species. Land. Montezuma. Casey, let us ID some characteristics of this tree because it's Great a very idea. curious tree. I feel, you know, I've done some, done some research. Okay. And uh, I find that every element of this tree is sort of unique. Yes. It's not yes. really a utility player at all. Not at all. This is a this thing is this thing is like invested in its personality. That's a fantastic way to describe it, Alex. <laughs> you know, it's the tree that like developed this one thing and when it got made fun of in high school, it it just steered into it. Yes, it like, now nah, it's like nah, an nah. influencer about this thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the first thing that you're going to notice is that it's obviously growing in swamps. It, you'll you'll very rarely find this tree growing in like an upland site it'll plant you can plant it there and it will grow fine but it tends to naturally find its way to these really lowland areas yeah specifically it'll take inundation by water like have water over its roots for almost its entire life Mm. as long as it can get established wherever there's a little bit of ground and then if it gets flooded it, it kind of goes away flood comes flood goes away and it kind of can get up above the the water level and start photosynthesizing normally it's going to survive. That's pretty impressive. That's really impressive. That's it's, like some uh, that's some good investment, you know? Right? And like, it, I know I'll be tall enough to, to get over this water line someday. It's, it's an amazing ability, isn't yeah. it? It's kind of like the mangrove, you know, where they grow Casey. underwater and they're just hoping and waiting and knowing they're going to get there. Yes, absolutely. So this is the uh, kind of, I would say, an inland variety of a mangrove and less tropical. Hmm. It'll take uh, freezing temperatures. It'll do just fine. We have them planted here in Portland. 
I would love to see some. I will find you some. They're are not they, very, uh, most of them I know of aren't very big. So uh, you'll also notice, of course, in the springtime, uh, in the spring and summer, this tree is gorgeously green. It's got mm. everything it needs. You're, you're in your boat. You're walking on your boardwalk, and you get inside of a grove, and you're like, wow. You look up, and you see these straight, single-trunked organisms. Very rarely do they have multiple trunks, uh, maybe two, maybe three, but most often they're going to be a single-stem tree growing upwards fantastic at, at the base they will have this fantastic buttress like i mean an intense buttressed base uh, a but a buttress base that would make sir sir sticks a lot proud wow I, that was yeah. really hard to say it would make sir sticks a lot like jaw drop he pull <laughs> he pull his ray-bans down and be like what <laughs> that's that's what this is about he'd go shade tipping <laughs> So you you see this tree and you're like, whoa, it's gargantuan base, comes up to this perfectly smooth stem. It's got the only thing I think we can call utility about this is the bark. Okay, fair enough. The bark is kind of this reddish brown fibrous bark that kind of um, doesn't get very thick, not very thorough, just kind of slowly expands and and creates these little kind of uh, shallow ridges. It's quite attractive, but it's not like, uh, there's nothing spectacular about it. Sure. It's very homely as a tree goes. A little copy and paste bark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This, this is this is a surprise to me, I think, Casey, because I would think, like, my 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 tree knowledge logic would be like, if this thing's growing in water, it needs mm-hmm. really, really thick, like, protective bark. Yes, that's not a bad assumption to make. But I guess this, I guess maybe just the wood is... In just insanely rot resistant. That's precisely it. Okay. Exactly. So it doesn't need super thick bark. Yeah. And usually thick bark comes from more of a fire disturbance. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. So in this case, because it's growing a lot in water, there's not quite as much fire. Every now and then fires do come through this area, but it's very rare. And the bark is more there to just kind of be a covering on the outer side. I got gotcha. you. Like it's just kind of there doing its job, but it doesn't need to specialize in anything. Utility bark. It's utility bark. Now, being utility bark, of course, doesn't make it, you know, not attractive, but you're going to be like, who cares? And you're going to look up the tree. And then as you look up the tree, you'll notice that it starts to get just as just an incredible crown. Mm. And I'm talking about old, big, mature trees where when they're young, they start very pyramidal. They look, you know, like a normal conifer growing up, that kind of triangle shape. Yeah. But as they grow and they get into the canopy and they get um, upwards of 140 feet in some cases, they can really get up there. Big tree. The problem is they grow in where we get uh, a lot of hurricanes. And that just destroys their canopy. Oh, geez. It doesn't destroy it, though, in a way that you're like, ooh, that's bad for the tree. It just kind of knocks off the top. And then the sides start to grow a little bit quicker, and it kind of develops this flat-topped appearance, where it has a single stem that comes up, and then it almost looks like a, a candelabra just kind of like holding up the rest of all the canopies and the branches. So are the, uh, I'm assuming that, this thing, you know, a bald cypress grows around its friends uh-huh. for like wind dampening. Yeah. Is that, yeah, yeah. A, is that something? It's exactly right. As a forest tree is growing in a forest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All the trees end up protecting itself except for the very tallest kind of exposed ones. And those probably get, those probably learn their lesson come hurricane season and go, yeah. oh, I'm not going to try to excel. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to just hang out with my friends down here. Yeah, exactly. They're all C students yes. by cabal. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that you're you, you've you've pinned the the you've pinned the tail on the donkey. Mm. That is the the very classic kind of form where they all develop together to have this like very uniform top kind of canopy, and they intersperse and they have different things, uh, kind of you know branch growing over here, branch growing over there, but they still break off every now and then. But then they keep on growing back and like maintaining this big canopy all the while they're getting bigger and bigger. And this is a thing that happens with a lot of old big trees where they just get bashed. But then when they grow back, they're, the base that they're starting from, like the base where that branch kind of began, yeah. is really strong and tough. Oh, sure. Because it starts like a normal single tiny little branch, then the tip breaks off and then it regrows. But each year, the, the base that didn't break off puts on a ring of wood it's like scar tissue that just builds up and up and up until it's like rock solid exactly until it's like so huge and tough and old where the leaves maybe just be fluttering around like butterflies but the branches themselves are just completely made of stone hey you know what adversity makes you stronger casey precisely it's true in people it's true in trees exactly in fact i bet you we got the idea from trees just saying (laughs) probably we could hey here's a here's a a a book idea you've been very into writing lately Yeah. Got a book pitch for you. Okay. Tree, I don't have a title for it, but tree, like the philosophy of trees, right? And it's like, what ways trees are related to humans in terms of philosophical sort of lessons? Ooh, you think I'm good enough to do that? Yeah. Wow, Alex, this is this is a great idea. But you're going to need to hire me. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, this is written by Casey Clapp, ghost written by Alex Grossman. <laughs> we put ghost written on the cover. <laughs> yeah, I love that idea. Uh, Casey, so this is a conifer. It is. I'm assuming, as most conifers that I know, this grows needle-length leaves. It does. Okay, but you said it's also deciduous. It is. Let's talk about these needles. So, the... Taxodium, the it used to be the namesake tree of Taxodiaceae, mm-hmm. which used to be a family that included the redwood, sequoia, glyptostrobus, <gasps> which they call the uh, uh, the water pine or the water fir, as well as the Don, Don redwood. redwood. Exactly. Glyptostroboides. Right? Okay. So all these trees used to be wow. in one family. Um, so all of the, uh, the the systematics of the tree mm-hmm. basically came down the last couple of decades to say these shouldn't be in their same family. Like Taxodiaceae wow. is not special enough to be a whole family. They're actually in the Cupressaceae. Wow, a shattered family. Yeah, it's been dissolved and smashed into this other big family, the Cypress family. Wow. Because the cones are all there, but all the leaves are spirally arranged, and all of the um, peltate cone scales are also tend to be spirally arranged, sometimes they're opposite, um, in their cones. Got so it. for the most part, they look and have the taxon- taxonomical uh, basis of Cupressaceae. So... Although it's called the bald cypress, uh-huh. it's from an old family. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. The foliage is more Don Redwood slash Redwood yes. style. Precisely. Okay. it's exactly right. It has these little twiglets that come out and has little uh, lanceolate or like uh, uh, linear shaped tiny little needle leaves mm. that come off of it. And those individual twiglets are the entire thing that falls off. So there's not an individual needle that is deciduous like a larch, for example. Yeah. This, the entire small twig, is what 
she hisses and falls away during the fall. Wild. Yeah, it's a it's a really she old hisses. trait. Uh, okay. Remember how we talked about the Wollamai pine? Mm-hmm. They do the same thing, where essentially their entire branch gets shed Jeez. with all the leaves on it yeah. when that branch is no longer really needed. And redwoods wow. do a similar thing. Even though they're evergreen, they release their old needles from you know several years ago. Uh-huh. So those needles fall off twig by twig by twig. Okay, so they're not releasing the individual needles. Yeah, they're like just they're just dropping plates of food. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, and so those little uh, plates of food uh, come back, and when they're attached to the stem, they are alternately arranged on the stem. So you have a bud over on the left, you move up, you have a bud on the right. Move up, Got you have it. a bud on the left. And then the, those buds create these little tiny twigs and then those little tiny twiglets fall off in the wintertime. Wow. Okay, yeah. so you keep your twig, but yes. the twiglets are gone. Exactly. Okay, and yeah. you grow new twiglets next spring. That's exactly right. All right. So this is a deciduous conifer and the color is, oh my God, it's like this stunning like fire yellow orange hell yeah where it just kind of becomes this dark like wow like really intense and then slowly but surely they all fall away and you're like okay that was pretty cool pretty cool (laughs) see you next year see you next year buddy thanks next year comes boom gorgeous bright green foliage that comes it's very feathery Mm. and it then starts to develop its cones which are these little round balls that look a lot like cypress cones like really really similar yeah those little cones will then kind of fall apart piece by piece they they tend not to stay as these big circles Uh, cypress will kind of open up and dry out and the the scales will part the seeds can fall away yeah the bald cypress the the not cypress cypress its cone scales, as they dry, they kind of crumble and fall apart. Okay. So that's good because then it can like hit the water and kind of float away and then bloop, pop in a new spot. You got yourself a new fantastic tree. They're sort of, but not really dehiscent cones. Yeah, I think that's probably, that's, that's the right way to they're describe like, it. Po- they're like neo-dehiscent. I think that's the best way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or maybe um, like, uh, maybe like paleo-dehiscent. Oh. You know, where they, they're more just like, uh, they, they've been doing it for probably a lot longer okay. than your now dehiscent pines and that kind of thing. Sure. Not pines, but things in the pine family. Like, like cedar cones are like a, a modern take on dehiscence. Yes, exactly. Okay. They, they've done it correctly. They, they had the, the. Uh, the research and development. They yes, saw a good yeah. idea and they refined it. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're driving they're driving Hondas. Yes. This is like Model T. Precisely. This is like Flintstone yeah. car. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you get it. Casey, uh, you brought some bald cypress cones over here to our studio last week. Yes. And I kind of looked at them and played around with them. Mm-hmm. And we I, I came to a decision. Yeah. That the if, if, if you want to describe this to somebody as you and I do on this podcast uh-huh. in a visual, visceral way. Yeah, like really, really put it in someone's mind's eye. Yes, what these cones look like yeah. and feel like. Mm-hmm. A medium, a, a dried up, medium sized dog's shit. That is perfect. So now that everyone like they get it now. Australian you know? Shepherd. Yeah, not a big, big dog, but not no. a tiny dog. Like a me- a perfect medium Australian Shepherd. Yeah. Took a shit last week. Yeah. And it's in the middle of summer and mm-hmm. it's dried and it's this little two inch, <laughs> one and a half inch little turdlet. Yeah. Speaking of lits. Hey. Um and that is imagine that. Uh-huh. Okay. Now that is that is what this cone That is that is it. 
is. <laughs> I love that. I hope everyone was just waiting for some like really, really nice, beautiful descriptor. Right. And it's like, yeah, it kind of looks exactly like poop. <laughs> just poop. Hey, you know what? Back to basics. Some things are there, you know? <laughs> Everybody does it. You're totally right. So everyone actually has a pretty good idea of what we're talking about here. <laughs> uh, okay. That now, is the cone. Yes. That is the foliage. There is one more thing. Oh, I know where we're going. Alex, it's... Uh, it's all knees and elbows. Heads, shoulders, and toes. Hmm, what are we what are we missing? Wait a minute. Casey. Alex. We've got to talk about the knees. The Cypress knees. If there is something that the bald cypress has that nothing else has, yes, yeah. this is it. It's the knees. And I, I shouldn't say that nothing else has them. Because they're called, in a technical sense, pneumatophores, which I love as a term. Pneumatophore. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> it's the pneumatophores. <laughs> they're here. Can I, can I take a stab at, at describing what these are, yeah, Casey? Yeah, please. Go for it. Okay. So everybody knows what lenticels are. And if you yeah. don't, a lenticel, imagine a paper birch, these little, te- or cherry tree. They're uh-huh. very iconic on cherry or apple trees. Yep. There's these little lines Horizontal lines on the bark. Yep. On twigs, they're just little dots. Yes. And they and they look like these just little tears mm-hmm. in the bark, horizontal. Those are lenticels, and they exchange gases yeah. mo- out, I guess. Yeah, I think mostly out, but some in, but generally not. Mostly okay. it's just like, if there's something that needs to go out, that's where it goes. And I've equated it before to like when a, in a cartoon when somebody farts and their jeans split. Yes. From how strong <laughs> the the air is, right? Uh, the air yep. pressure. That's exactly It's just letting out a little fart, and it has to rip somewhere. It's, I can't, yeah. you know, it doesn't have a mouth to, to do it. Hey, everyone does. You it. don't fart out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Back on track. Uh, I can do this. <laughs> He's so, reeling it in. So the, the bald cypress's knees are its version of a lenticel. It is a gas exchange yeah. port in the form of... Of a creepy little uh, spire that comes out of the ground yeah. around its roots. That's perfect. Yeah, you, you got it. That's it. Like a foot tall, maybe? They can actually get up to four feet tall. This is astonishing. Yes, there are pictures of people like full-grown adults leaning on them oh, like with their elbow. My God. Yeah, it's they can get massive. They almost look like um, ant colonies or, some, I was or termite little, colonies. That was going to be my descriptor. They yeah. do. They look like big colonies of um, of termites where they like build up these little like mounds, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what they look like. And in this case, they are particular for this tree in its swampy habitat because there is almost no oxygen oh. in the soil at this point because the water has now saturated it and filled it up, pushed all of the air out of all the little pores where normally in a not completely uh, inundated situation, yeah. there'd be air all, all throughout the soil. Right. So, Or if it wasn't compacted, I suppose. So in this case, the pneumatophores grow up above the water level, just above it, and then air and oxygen can come in and out, and that basically makes it so the roots can breathe while in these very, very wet conditions. That is just so fucking cool. Isn't that just incredible? That is, that isn't like, that's a stump of approval right there. That is an all time completely arbitrary fun fact. Goosh. Like, share that with your friends. It's such an interesting thing. It's astonishing. And it took people a lot of time to figure this out because it was just, for whatever reason, wasn't studied in a very good 
particular way. Sure. Some people found that it worked as that. Others found that it didn't. Some people thought it was a means of the tree helping to keep itself stable in these uh, mm. kind of swampy, like not very solid soils. That's a fair. That's a fair hypothesis. Yeah, it's it's a very fair hypothesis. Other people thought that it had more to do with um, stopping sediment, so that water wouldn't just oh. move everything away. They would kind of stop things so that sediment could fall and, and they could use that as nutrients. Okay. So, all perfectly reasonable. However, turns out that it's very likely mostly a pneumatophore that is breathing for the tree, essentially, while it's underwater. Like, it may do those other things, but its primary function is as a pneumatophore. Yes, exactly. Now, Casey, a few weeks ago, we talked about the bull banksia uh, of Australia, mate, Mm -hmm. and... When I Googled Bulbanksia cone, or I've, I've also seen them called pods, yeah, the sort of flower part yeah, exactly. that is left after the flowers mm-hmm. do their thing, all of the top hits were from Etsy.com. Oh, yeah. Right? That's right. People making lamps out of these things. Yeah, because they would like spin them on a lathe and like smooth them down. Yeah, because yeah. they're so woody, you mm-hmm. know? And um, I did the same thing with bald cypress knees recently. Oh, what did you find? Same thing. There's a whole it's, seriously there's on a Etsy? whole Etsy industry of people. I guess like it's kind of gruesome, but like cutting off the knees just of a bald cypress. Cutting them at the knees. It's like oh, that's oh, it's, that's you just like taking its lungs. Um, yeah, that's rough. And may in car and like you know sanding them and carving carving them. I think yeah. in the same way that people like see driftwood and they're like oh this is such a unique oh. beautiful shape you know like let's yeah. preserve the shape of this piece of driftwood but let's smooth it down and like polish it and put a finish on it so on on etsy it's mostly like kind of um i guess like decorative like tabletop like put this on your end table and it looks nice i see which it does it's a cool look yeah i just don't know I guess I would have to do more research and maybe message some of these people and be like, where are you sourcing these? Yeah, how do you get these? Yeah, I wonder Um, if they uh, grow up and uh, they just find a bald cypress in a swamp and just cut off the top. Because I wonder, I don't know how fast they grow. This has been a question I couldn't quite figure out. The knees? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Do they grow quickly and can the tree survive without them? Right. Like, is it making connections with other trees that have knees? Like, there's a lot of questions that I just don't have and couldn't find a really good answer to. The tree's knees. Yeah. I don't know how many people uh, like really dive into how much uh, like the ecology of these swamps are in terms of the the biological function of the trees. Like we study the Douglas fir and their mycorrhizal networks, you know? Yeah. Like I don't know how many people have been like, are these trees all connected? Are these knees working for everybody or just one particular tree? How does this work? That'd be a fun, you know, if I, I will say this, Casey, before we move on. Please. If I were a grad student uh-huh. and I had to select an area of study for my thesis, mm-hmm. which I think is how this works. I believe you're, you're on so far. I would be like, hey, send me down to Florida for a few weeks. Let me shack up in the swamp. Yeah. I'm going to study the fuck out of bald cypress knees. Alex, I would love to see you shacked up in a swamp in northern Florida. Could you imagine (laughs) 
a worse place for me to be. Oh man, you'd just be swatting flies and mosquitoes for so, so miserable. Long. Like, can I bring my Nintendo Switch? <laughs> Alex, no, this is the swamp. Uh, you went on a road trip, and on your way back, you were planning like a get together with some friends at a hot springs in, I think, Southern Oregon. Uh huh. And you invited me, and and you said, but I have to tell you. I don't know if it's really your scene because <laughs> it was like super rough in it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is definitely your thing. But I, <laughs> my first thought was like, you know, is there like a cabin nearby I can stay in? <laughs> I was like, I probably not for literally tens of miles. You're sleeping on the ground, Alex. <laughs> it's going to be very dusty. I'll just wait till you, uh, maybe we just wait till we get back to a McMinimins and we can just go and <laughs> soak in there. I just love feeling seen by you. It's very yeah. satisfying. Okay. I'm glad you do. Uh, Casey, well, let's, 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 uh, let's move from the ID of this tree. We've yeah. got a, we've, we've painted a pretty picture for we, a pretty tree. We sure have. Now this this tree for me I I just I I'm constantly taken by it because Alex it is a tree that is so elegant in what it does mm. yet it does it in like the worst possible situation this is an interesting juxtaposition it really is i this is kind of what what makes me like think it's so pleasant so you go to the redwoods the redwoods are these giant cathedral like massive monolith trees and you look around you're like oh my god i'm in a forest of giants and there's ferns over here and there's yeah. smaller trees here and you kind of get this like whew, like everything feels like it really comes together. There's a cohesion to the aesthetics of the landscape. Yeah, exactly. Like you feel like this place was designed like yeah. like by an by an exterior designer. Someone with some view of what makes these this whole thing beautiful yeah they got their hands on it almost like an intelligent design you it's know what i mean like, casey <laughs> like god god didn't go down to the swamps of of you know georgia although the devil did <laughs> casey the devil there's a whole sure song did. about that and that my friend he's the one who made the swamps with bald cypress you could not have set that up better <laughs> that's that's going to the webbies so as it happens alex this tree uh, grows in these swamps. I think personally, the swamps are gorgeous. I love yeah. the I love the aesthetic of a like black water with these you know uh, all these water plants growing next to it with pond lilies and tall flowers and these trees with just Spanish moss hanging down mm. like a drape. You know, they're just such lovely trees. I also love the form that they take. But then when they grow in not these like big black water swamps with alligators and turtles and things everywhere, yeah. and you find them in like other kinds of swamps, like say um, Congaree National Park, it looks gorgeous in full bloom. But when all of the leaves are off yeah. of all the rest of the trees, yeah. it's just like this sticky swamp, you know? I, I imagine that when it's just like covered in moss and it's like dormant, yeah. it just, I, I'm reminded of like a swamp witch or yes. something. Yeah, totally. Like yeah. it's spooky, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I imagine. And I, I see that same exact thing. In the daytime, it's lovely. At night, you're kind of like, ooh, okay. Yeah. But then in the spring, when it puts on its flower or puts on its uh, its foliage and it's still draped and now there's uh these these waters everywhere there's birds chirping everything is like really mm. going it's like this this wild ecosystem that's just like stunning but you look up and you see these trees that look like they're just draped in their gorgeous finery just right. really going at it they have this intense crown but then you look down and you're like you're growing like 
in the muckiest muck yeah. there could possibly be. How do you? How is this? It's like I think these are like the lotus of of the tree world. I think the that's lotus? what they do. Yeah. So you're familiar with a lotus as a plant, as a flower? Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Have you seen one in uh, in kind of real life or anything like that? I am sure I have. Okay. Well, for those of you who haven't, um, a lotus is a uh, it's an Asian species of water plant, and it grows up with these big, long, very circular kind of leaves. Of course, you've seen it. You're, you're familiar uh, now. One, yeah. This the lotus is the official stock image of the cheap day spa oh my god yes absolutely and that is because they have this kind of spirituality that comes with it Mm -hmm. where the flower of a lotus like the actual real one not a not a fake logo from a spa stunning yeah like these cup shaped like tulip kind of uh pinkish purple flowers sometimes they're white and they have this like kind of licorice divine smell to them wow and they're just they're just out of this world beautiful. So gorgeous. And it, if I could speak on lotuses for a second. You may, Alex. Although I can't speak on white lotus because I've yet to watch uh, it. It's a, I saw the second one. It's nice. It's, it's okay. It's okay. good. Yeah. I think I'm past the point where I need to, uh, you know, for mm-hmm. like society's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have to, I, I know so well, Alex. <laughs> just, just keep holding out and people will stop talking about it. <laughs> I love Jennifer Coolidge decades ago, goddammit. <laughs> Good for you. Um, so the the lotus is has this sort of um, this very this this great beautiful elegance to it, and uh-huh. I feel like as opposed to, I, I guess mo- maybe most flowers I can think of, mm-hmm. it's got these really thick sort of magnolia flower style petals, yeah, totally, and so they're very rigid, and then the way it sits, these kind of alternating petals, mm-hmm. it looks like a little, it looks like a little like crafted. Like somebody made this out of glass yeah. and it's like very intentional looking. I, ha- I have actually seen someone make this out of glass. Oh, like there you go. it used to be in my house. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I love I love the lotus. Um that was my soapbox about the lotus, Casey. Alex. What about you. the lotus? So the lotus spiritually, which is why it's in a lot of spas, these spas try to take the imagery of like Buddhism yes. and kind of this uh, this enlightenment idea. Mm. And the whole point, and this is why they have this kind of, you know, thing, is that they would say that the lotus grows in the worst, muckiest awfulest, disgustingest places. These yeah. swamps that are in the very bottom, they are the definition of blindness. You mm. can't see anything. Everything is dirty. Nothing is, is you know, visible. I just got the shivers. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. This is visceral for you. This is great. So then, as the lotus comes up, it is the personification of enlightenment. Yes. And it gets to the top and it puts out this flower that is divine and it makes you wonder, how can you go from such ignorance to this like level of nirvana of gorgeous and understanding wow casey that's this this lotus kind of uh uh metaphor or or personification right because the lotus is uh, if i can clarify the lotus is growing like in the soil of the swamp right yeah it's a it's essentially a pond lily-esque flower okay and then it it grows in there it sends up its shoot Mm -hmm. or its stem yeah and and a little bud yeah it's got leaves everywhere around as well yeah yeah and then when it gets to the top Uh out of the water the bud opens exactly sometimes a foot or two above water oh wow yeah so that's the lotus. 
I think the bald cypress is essentially the southern lotus. Wow. It grows in places that you can't see, you can't feel, you can't even think. And then it grows up and creates this intense, beautiful canopy. And Alex, we haven't even touched on the longevity of these trees. Hmm. Now, how old do you think the oldest bald cypress is? I'm going to say, now you're setting it up, the way you're setting it up, I'm thinking it's going to be old. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm going to say like 1,200 years. Yeah, okay. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, Your guess of 1,200 years is actually closer to the oldest Dacridium capricinium or the oldest Taxonium macronatum, which is uh, about 1,140 years. The 23rd tree above 1,200 years is the tree of our question at 2,624 years. 2,624 years old is the oldest taxodium, which is fifth oldest tree in the entire world. I say in the entire world because there are four other trees that are older confirmed, meaning they've counted the rings and they can say this tree has lived this many years. All conifers. That's very impressive, Casey. Isn't it? It's so funny, like, uh, you know, there's not really, besides, I guess besides the bark, I come back to the point that none of this is u- a utility, none of, uh, it. None of it is, is art, has utility components. And no one would think, like, why is this swamp tree living for almost 2,500 or 2,700 years? Yeah, I guess like, nothing fucks with it or? Yeah, there's no fire. It's in a swamp. Yeah. It is uh, extremely decay resistant. It grows in a place where almost nothing else grows. So it's like, well, I, I'm just going to, I have a uh, Nissa Aquatica to hang out with, which who cares about that? Right. And it just continues to just move on. So wow. it's this tree that just kind of said, I'm just going to do my thing forever. As long as I don't decay, um, I'll be here. You know, we talk about like, how long could a tree live in a vacuum? You yeah, know, this uh-huh. is pretty close to being in a vacuum. Yeah. And who knows how many other trees we cut down before we actually looked and said, how, how, how old are those? Yeah. You true. know what I mean? Now, Alex, just because I'm, uh, you know, everyone's wondering what are those other trees? What are the four trees that are older? Can we play family feud? We can. Dun, dun, dun. This is it. Dun, dun, dun. Bow. Okay. So it looks like we got four trees on the board. This Alex. Is, this is not our game segment, by the way. Yes. Can you tell us? Uh-huh. Name those trees. Okay. That are older than the bald cypress. You got you to gotta go, uh, name a tree that's older than the bald cypress. And I go, Name a tree, Alex, that's older than the bald cypress. <laughs> Alex, what do you got? Douglas fir. Good Ooh. answer. Good answer. Good answer. All right. Let's see if we got Douglas fir on the board. Douglas fir. Survey says, Case. S- survey says. <laughs> Casey's so annoyed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> looks like we don't have Douglas Fuck. fir. All right. No, the oldest Douglas fir. 1,350 years old. Okay. Well, that, let me get uh, serious. comes in on about maybe 20 on the list. I know I know a few that are definitely on here. All right. Let's get it. Let's see what you got. There's bristlecone pine. Survey says bristlecone pine. That's Pinus right. longeva comes out at the top 5,067 years. Naturally. Ooh. 
These are conifers. These are all conifers. So I can't say quaking aspen. Nope. This is all single stem, count one single uh, number of needles on one thing. Okay. Um, White bark pine. White bark pine does not make the list. Uh, Well, it does make the top four. It's actually way down there uh, somewhere. All right. Um, We have the new one that people thought beat out the briscoe pine. Yes, that's right. Dystophia or whatever. Fitzroya Cuprosoides. Comes in at number two. Survey says 3,622 years. Alex, you're killing it. You got two two more. Two more? Okay. Um, I'm going to say Sequoia. Well done. Survey says Sequoia comes in at number three. Alex, not only are you getting these, you're doing them in number one, two, and three. That's how I do it, baby. Sequoia dendron gigantium, 3,266 years is the oldest one we found so far. Now, here's the thing. I want my instinct is to go, well, the other one's Coast Redwood. Yes. And I'm going to do that. Ah, you shouldn't have because (laughs) that comes in at 2,267 years. All right. Which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight on our list. So for the sake of brevity and so that I don't have to guess a bunch of more trees that I don't know, (laughs) why don't you just go ahead and tell us number four? Number four, Juniperus grandis. Oh, wow. A juniper. A juniper. This is the Sierra juniper that grows in the eastern side of the Cascade, or I'm sorry, the eastern side of of the Sierra Nevada. Up to, there in the mountains, just just crushing it on its own. It's just doing it. Just, yeah. just lives. That's all it does. It comes in at 2,675 years. A tip for anybody interested in becoming a really old tree, move up where somebody would never dare <laughs> grow. Yeah. Find a just, worse place. Yes. Just plant yourself and just read a book i think that's a that's the right move if you try to get down here in the in the hustle and bustle of the of the urban forest or you know out out in the out in sort of the suburbs yeah you're not gonna cut it there's there's already plenty of competition it's a it's a saturated market you're you're not gonna crush the the hemlock that's been there for 300 years no just move up to the mountains become a hermit and mm-hmm. just bide your time it's a long-term investment exactly tortoise don't hair you get it alex casey beautifully said i love your passion for this tree Thank you. and i'm very excited to see what your review will be but we must take a mid-roll ad break <laughs> but we'll be right back with the bald cypress Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. That was our discussion of the bald cypress taxodium. Disticum. Well done, Thank Alex. Thank you, Casey. So many people who have ever tried to learn tree ID and had to take a test just were like, "I get you so hard right now." <laughs> you remember disticum, and you just or you remember taxodium, yeah. and you're like, "What?" is the other name you know what helped me what was thinking about distichum that's it casey Mm -hmm. as our resident expert we'll begin with you okay alex thank you uh this is this is just one of my favorite trees and i had been wanting to uh go find them in their swamp habitat for so long yeah these trees uh in their swamp habitat, and I saw them particularly in Okefenokee National Wildlife Swamp. Yeah. And in Congaree National Park. And Alex, I'm going through those photos right now, and I am just, 
I'm just, I'm as taken by them as I was mm. when I was actually there. Yeah. Because there's no other tree that grows quite like it. Hmm. They have these new metaphors that come up and just blanket the area around. They have this gorgeous, uh, like the buttressed base. And I am a fan of buttressed bases. I'm not going to lie. I will say it. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Casey is a Sir Sticks a lot. I am a Sir Sticks a lot. So honestly, this tree is an enigma. It it just, it does all the things and nobody knows why. And there's not really good reason for it. It just mm. happens to be one of those like low key. Wait, I'm sorry. Who? The, the bald cypress? It all. All those things? Yeah. That's what it think that's what it comes to me. Totally. It stuns me. It's a 9.8. Holy crap, Case. Alex, plant them everywhere. There's not <laughs> enough. Stop cutting yeah. them down and go out and find them. 9.8. I, I can't quite a put it up score. beyond that. It's a good score. Yes, it's a good score because they're they're a stunning tree. And I just I love them to death. Speaking of, yeah. What is your perception of this southern tree? I didn't know much about the bald cypress going in. Okay. I think the bald cypress, stunner. Aesthetically, really cool, Casey. Uh, environmentally, uh-huh. very cool. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Uh, you ever, does your voice ever crack and then you pretend it's not, it was on purpose? Never. It's always on purpose. Um, I think... Uh, the the sort of the sort of dichotomy dichotomous aesthetic the the juxtaposition of this you know swamp and I know we there there are probably plenty of swamp lovers out there who think it's the most beautiful biome but traditionally yes. the swamp has a reputation for being you know spooky full of politicians yeah got to drain that thing case <laughs> you sure do I, uh, I I love the juxtaposition of this sort of spooky creepy bog place. Mm, mm-hmm. With this sort of gorgeous tree that rises above it and yeah. shelters everything. Can agree more. It's a big, beautiful buttress base. I like this whole idea of <laughs> I'm really taking my time. I like this whole idea of this nirvana, you know, this this uh this lotus comparison. Oh yeah, okay. That's that's really cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um my God. I am feeling somewhere in the eights. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm going to go double eights, 8.8 golden 8. cones 8. of honor. 8.8, that's basically an 88. That's our highest cone score we've ever had. That is a fantastic score. Thanks, Casey. I'm a little bit bummed that it didn't reach nine, so we couldn't play some music for it. But well, this is I, fair. I have to go with my heart. We got to get you down to the swamps is what we got to do. I'm sure, see, I like every one of these trees, if I experience them yeah. more, you know, I, I experience trees. I'm not like a, yeah. I don't live in indoors 24-7. Sure. I'm not a bubble boy. Mm-hmm. But if I were among these trees more, or I'm sure I would have a slightly higher opinion or, yeah. a, or a worse opinion. Depending yeah, on the tree. You, you could do uh, you, you could be like every time I see those trees, I get bit by mosquitoes. Right. So I give it a five. Right. I think that's also a fair thing. I think the interactions of any sort are valid. Well, thanks, Casey. Uh, of course. You know how much I love validation. I do. And with that, we say that was our review of the bald cypress. Casey, it's time for a brand new game. Let's do it. Now, if you're a new listener, on this show, we take tree puns very seriously. Case in point, to infinity and Triand. Okay? <laughs> that's the that's the low end. That's a low bar. <laughs> we love tree puns here, and I thought we could make a game out of it, Casey. Let's make it happen, Alex. This is a little bit pun tree, a little bit log and soil. 
I'm a little bit country, I'm a little bit log and soil. I got a little bit of roots and ash hill and a little bit of nitrogen in my bowl. I don't know if it's wood or bad, but I know I love it, so I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit log and soil. Okay, Casey, here's how it works. You and I are going to choose a classic musical artist. Okay. Then we are going to spend three abridged minutes. So I'll edit this out so you don't have to sit there for fucking three minutes listening to nothingness. Coming up with tree puns based on that artist's top hits. This game was inspired by a, a, uh, a note I found in my notes app that I don't remember writing, <laughs> but I wrote the title of the note as David Bowie tree puns. Yeah. And then I, I'll read you some of the things that I, that I came up with here to give you an, to give you an idea. All right. Um, w- one of these was inspired by a fungal associate. I don't have your name at hand. I'm so sorry. Twiggy sawdust, diamond logs, uh, red elm, red elm, like rebel rebel. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to say it cause it's not, it's not red, obvious. Red, yeah. Cause you're saying red elm, red elm doesn't quite get you there. It doesn't. Oh, you pretty trees. Don't you know you're driving your mangoes and pawpaws insane. <laughs> and then queen, queen birch. <laughs> queen birch is such a good one. So we're going to pick an artist. Okay. And we are going to give ourselves three minutes to come up with as many puns as we can. All right. And then we'll read them live. Let's and, do it. And I encourage you, the fungal associate listening to this to pause and join us in this exercise and we can all compare and contrast at the end of class. Yes, we can. This week's artist is Billy Joel. Oh, I love Billy Joel. <laughs> and we will okay. see you in just a few minutes. Go ahead and pause. Look up some Billy Joel songs. Write down your puns. Wow, 50th anniversary. How about that? And we'll see you in just a moment. Okay, we are back. With a little bit puntry, a little bit log and soil. <laughs> Casey, would you like me to read these? Uh, yes, I think that would be great, Alex. With, with the understanding that we came up with all of these together. We tried our best. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the whole point of this game is that it show, it, it show, it's a metaphor, right? It is. It's a metaphor. They don't need to be good. In fact, yeah. they can't be. Okay, here's what we got for Billy Joel songs. Uptown Burl. <laughs> Very good. Good one. We Didn't Bark the Fire. We didn't bark the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. I, I, I did this edit without you, without letting yeah, you I was going to say, and this is in reference to, of course, trees having bark that is fire resistant. That's right, Casey. Yeah. Or rather, this is the trees that don't have fire dis- resistant bark. Yes. They didn't bark the we fire. We didn't bark the fire. And now you're dead. <laughs> Traveling pear. I didn't know this song. It's called Traveling Prayer. Yes. <laughs> it's a very like... She's always a wood man. <laughs> me uh move an elm anthem tree song that's maybe our worst one uh i think i was just gonna say i think that's our best one well there, there's something to that case okay. the ent tertainer yeah see what we did there mm-hmm. see everyone get that the strangler very good <laughs> xylamzabar <laughs> we really tried on this <laughs> scenes from an italian cyprus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that one's not funny yeah, but I think it's good. Or though. clever. Yeah, it's both, I think. Okay. <laughs> Only the wood die young. Yeah, that's a great one. Not bad. Just the LA you are. 
perfect. That's probably my favorite. I think that is true. It still is a sweet song. But I maybe saved the best for last. The Longest Pine. <laughs> <laughs> for the longest, longest pine. pine. Very good case. That was... A little bit pun tree, a little bit log and soil. A fun one, Case. Yeah, it was. I'd like to do it again sometime. And it's time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. And we take to the Patreon for these. And we have a question from Jill Vandershaef. Hello, Jill. Hi, Jill. Hi, favorite podcasters, says Whoa, Jill. Trying okay. to butter us up. All right, I accept. I'm a huge fan of trees, thanks to the pod, and yes. I'm looking into a career change. How exciting, Casey. Oh, yeah, that is. My background is in math and data slash mm. statistical analysis, okay. but no environmental science experience at all, unless you count mm. one, and I want you to tell me what this is, unless you count one, quote, rocks for jocks class in college. Huh. What kind of forestry-related work slash topics involves a lot of data and analysis. Thank yeah. you for all you do. Is Rocks for Jocks like Geology 101? I think so, yeah. I bet you that is. There's a lot of uh, courses yeah. that are like um, uh, kind of general education. It's like, okay, you need to take a science class in order to get your business degree or your other degree, you know? I don't like that folk taxonomy. Uh, yeah, with they rocks, rocks for jocks. For jocks? I don't yeah. like that. Yeah, I guess I uh, could barely get through that fucking class. <laughs> well, I guess that's In the fact, point. I probably is failed. They 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 make it so it's like a, a very surface level kind of course. You know, I, I failed those. You okay? Well, you you've also succeeded, Alex, in many things. But I, I yeah, I think you're that's fair. I'm just not great at science. Yes, yeah, I'm not great at school, and I'm not great at science. Yeah, school. so you put those two things together, and you're like, I hate this. Yeah, I, yeah. So Casey, <laughs> a person who is in the uh, previously in the math data yeah. a, a field wanting to work in trees yep. but not wanting to go to school for forestry or ecology mm -hmm. they want to apply those statistical analysis skills yeah to a field in forestry i've got some thoughts alex please go i want to hear your thoughts this is this i would is a say script and you can tell me no if this is on track all right i'd say you could probably find a job with a city Ooh, yes, okay. Um, like inventory, you uh -huh. know? Yeah. Um, or risk analysis or something mm -hmm. like like mm -hmm. urban forest risk analysis. That's kind of what you did, but that's that's a diff that's more arborist. Yeah, kind of to some degree. Yeah. Um, or uh, how about hmm? How about working for a nursery? Yeah. Okay. Like that, a tree nursery. It's uh, what pretty much I think, Alex. You could do you could do any of these things because yeah. all of the all of these different um, you know, jobs or situations all need most of the time some kind of back end work, right? Yeah. There's data and organizational uh -huh. stuff going on behind any of this stuff. Yes. Now, the one difference that I can think of is mm -hmm. that you could run a nursery. And like do the data back there, but you're not really doing something with the trees. You're just like running a business, right? Right. So this question seems more Ooh. focused on how can I apply those skills to actually working with the trees? Working with hands-on with trees. Yeah. I've got another idea, Casey. What do you got? Forestry service. Yes. That's the, what I came up okay, with. Okay, yeah. Because um, like there is a whole subsection of the world that is just forest economics yeah and that is where your statistical analysis your data analysis and math all come into play 
there's also a situation where you can apply those uh, the same kind of statistical analyses to something that is tree data. So a, a data analysis mm. for an economist, a uh, forest economist, they would basically say, well, how, like, how much is all of this worth? And how, do the, how does this money in the economy of the forest all pan out? You know, what should you do in order to make kind of the most money or rather, I guess they kind of say, how do the mechanisms of the economics of forestry work? Oh, yeah, sure. We talked about this with like um, with succession. Yeah. And how maybe I'm mixing up my topics, but like um, figuring it like a, a, a forestry mm-hmm. industry company, you know, yeah. like we'll figure out like at what point does it make the most economic sense to cut all these trees down? Yes, precisely. Yeah. yeah. So that that's one opportunity. But the big thing that I see is more on the research side. Yeah. One of my favorites, Jeffrey Donovan, he is an economist. But he goes out and says, I wonder if we can figure out the answer to this economic question uh, based around trees. And he applies that work. And he works for the Forest Service Research Station here in Portland. Okay. So he, as an economist takes all of the different data that can be found about some certain thing. And he does all this crazy research. Um, like for our instance, the last thing we did was how many people, uh, is there any effect on mortality based on if you plant trees um, in terms of people? Oh, mortality, sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. So he went and found all the data for how many people in this section of the world died. Then he went over and said, okay, how many trees were planted? Then he went through all the rest of the data available in the world to basically figure out what other things need to be accounted for? What other factors and variables need to be added or at least um, addressed in in this uh, this study? And then applies those number crunching skills and does the statistical analysis that's beyond my comprehension. And then says, yeah, the answer is plant more trees, fewer people die. I thought you were not- <laughs> It's not like you were setting up to say the answer is six the answer is six yeah um, just like uh, was it 42 is the the answer to the why we exist or oh the universe yeah anyway. what, what is that from uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy oh funny uh yeah i think out of all the all the proposed careers here forest economy is the most exciting yeah I, every everybody finds something else something different interesting mm-hmm. but to me i'm like oh that's that's like that's a fucking interesting it is you're you're looking at a system and pulling numbers from it. Yeah, where most people can't even imagine. Like, how does that become a number other than how many trees are out there? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think it's like really valuable. Actually, this is a I think a really valuable position or like just a valuable service in general. Yeah, because it always helps to look at something in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I would never think take an economist and apply their trade to a forest ecosystem Alex, and see yes. what kind of what kind of data they can pull out and what kind of revelations they can come up with. Yeah. Um, it, I think that's really interesting. Well, and beyond that, unfortunately, and this is kind of a, an issue with humanity at large, is everything has to be in some way valuable to us, right? usually directly, in order for us to actually care about it. or like Monetarily. Act, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how we measure that value. So in terms of like a street tree, we can't just say this tree uh, in this ecosystem, you know, the bald cypress forest, you know, these swamps, they should exist intrinsically because... 
Um, as Aldo Leopold said, the first rule of tinkering is don't lose any of the parts. When you wow. take something apart, and you, if you want to put it back together or see how it works, if you take a part away, that is diminishing the, the whole thing. So he would say every little thing, whether we understand it or not, is a part of this whole. And to right. take it away is is to do something bad. So he says it has this intrinsic reason for living just because it is currently living. Yeah. An economist can take that idea, that philosophy, and whether or not that they believe, yes, this is as far as we need to go, the people who are pulling the purse strings don't have that. So an economist, one of the best things you can do would be saying, hey, I'm going to crunch all these numbers and I'm going to give a value and end up putting the entire uh, urban forest ecosystem as a as a functioning infrastructure component and somehow get that onto the, uh, the positive side of a ledger in like a city's budget. <laughs> So that they actually see that they're making money from yeah. this. Like, that is the thing that I really want to see someone. Because you can say, oh, it's worth this much. But all the people see is the money they're spending on right. it. They don't see the money they're not spending on it. So if we can show the money they're not spending on it and put it over on their budget on the other side, now these things balance out, you know? Hell yeah. So that's kind of, that's that's another perfect example of taking your skills and looking for these intense analysis jobs that is where you don't need to know anything about the trees themselves you can talk with someone and collaborate and say hey um i can't identify a tree from a bamboo but i can run statistics that's so hard it'll go blow your mind <laughs> put those put those two people together and all of a sudden you have someone who can do it all you know wow this they is go, why they go hard these <laughs> yeah, statistics they do they're they're intense well, I think that gives Jill plenty of options. I think you so. have to choose one of these. Please update us with what you choose. Yep. We also want to be on your reference list. Yes, of course. And I will take a, what, 7%? I think 7%. I think it's top. reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Anything else is, I don't know. It's kind of giving it away for free. Sure. Uh, hey, Jill, thank you so much for your question. If you, dear Fungal Associate, have a question for us, join the Patreon, pretty please. It's $3 a month if you join that Q&A tier and you get to possibly get your question on our show. And certainly get it answered. In fact, this week we're That's answering right. all the rest of the questions that we haven't been able to cover on each individual show. That's right. A bump up from that is 5 bucks. You get two bonus episodes a month. We talk about a whole host of other related topics and trees. And above that, Casey... Our crown jewel, the mm. crown jewel of the uh, of the Patreon, ten dollars a month you get in that cone of the month club. Coveted, it is super cool. We get a different independent artist every month to illustrate a species of cone, conifer cone. That's right. We print it on a sticker. We send it to you with a sweet little info card. You can learn all about it. Collect them. Put them on a shelf. Put them on a binder. Put them on a notebook or your a water aid. bottle on your KitchenAid. Above that, Arbitrary Plus, you get two live streams a month from Casey and I. And above that... Generous admission. That's right. It starts at $20. You can give whatever you want. It is just 
that extra thank you to the pod. If you've got the means and the desire and we use that money, it goes straight back into the podcast. That's right. Even I would say because we're such a small operation, I would say even money that goes to buy groceries is going into the podcast. <laughs> yeah, to some extent. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very, you know, meta to a certain extent. <laughs> uh, case. Alex, we did it again. Wow, did we ever. Everyone who's here, thanks for being here. Everyone who's new and here, thanks for being here. And thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Thank you so much to our new fungal associates, our old fungal associates, our medium-aged fungal associates. Mm -hmm. We really appreciate you listening to our show. We could not, we literally could not do it without you listening and sharing with your coworkers and friends and family. Uh, We just appreciate you a whole lot. And with that, we say... Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. See you then. Au revoir. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening.